Warning. This show contains adult themes and language, including butt plugs. Disevidentia is an inability to reliably process evidence, and this is a podcast all about it. This episode was released on March 14th, 2022, and we are discussing Disevidentia because it is clear millions of warhawks are suffering from it. I am Aiko. And I am Squeaky. We discuss logic and evidence because everyone believes the rumor mill once in a while. You can support us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash disevidentia. If you donated all of your money to airbnb.org, CARE, Convoy of Hope, CORE, Doctors Without Borders, International Medical Corps, or another charity helping fleeing Ukrainians alphabetically after the letter I, you can still help us by liking, subscribing, and leaving a review. If you have a paper you have written or a small business to plug, let us know. Today, we are going to discuss misinformation in a modern war. Today, we are going to discuss minfer, 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 minfer ismation. That's not a word. <laughs> Neither is disevidentia. Hey, we're making it one. It's been another two weeks. We did pretty good last episode, but one of our listeners up in the Discord server pointed out that we made a baseless claim. We talked it out, and we're not even sure if it's wrong, but I claimed that most Americans think Jesus is white. Seems, at least, okay, within my experience, that that is the mandatory caveat here, that seems uh, largely reasonable. Yeah, I think I've been to a few more places than you, maybe, kinda, but we're still both drawing most of our experience from Omaha, Nebraska, right? Yeah, even when the few times I've traveled across the continental U.S., it seems to hold. Yeah. But that's still like a very white, waspy sort of intersection of the country, isn't it? Kinda. Yeah. I'm sure there's different views, different places. Of course. But as part of the debate, the person who called me out on it even brought up a Martin Luther King interview where Martin Luther King talked about Jesus being white. So that was kind of silly. And the closest we could get was a number of Pew surveys and polls, not about what color Jesus was, but about the color of believers in our country. And it didn't really shed any light on the question. <laughs> Okay. Because it's like, your skin color doesn't really change what color you think Jesus was, does it? Well, if we don't have information on what people think Jesus' skin color is, then even that we can't really claim. Damn it, you're right, but that's really dumb. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So we can't claim to know that there is not a core... Okay, you're right. What skin colors people have could impact their decision, and we don't know that it doesn't, but it still means we just don't know. We're still in a big pile of I don't know. Did I understand you correctly there? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we don't know on like a, a national scale or a global scale. Like we know to our own experience, but that's limited. So I promised to hold a poll to oh, rectify God. this. Why? Oh, why? And okay. I figure it's been a year since we've had one of our flash drive giveaways. We should go ahead and do that again. Yep. Just like last time, it'll cover two episodes. It'll start the day or the day before this episode comes out. And yeah, there'll be a bunch of different ways to to win a flash drive, share on social media, visit some of our web pages. And like last time, a secret code that will drop somewhere in the episode. And we figured out how to make it work per episode. So there'll be one in this episode and one in the next episode. And you put that in, you'll get more chances to win. And there's a question. Do you think Jesus existed? And if you do, what race was he? Okay. I asked if you had any questions about the poll before we started. You opted to not dig in. And, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> That's what I got. Just a yep. Uh, I love it. I love it. I hate it. I'm going to dump all of these important decisions on you in the middle of an episode recording from now on. The worst part about that is I believe you. <laughs> 
one other possible prize. Uh, we've been trying to, to come up with something good, and we don't want to be one of those places that just flips stuff from those custom print shops, because we could just slap our logo on a whole bunch of stuff and ship it to you, but it would just be you know, another coffee mug or another low-quality t-shirt. I think everyone has enough of those already in their life. Well, not the people who don't like doing laundry. Oh, you just get a new shirt from a new raffle? You just enter a bunch of raffles instead of doing laundry? Yeah. Hmm. I think I need to restructure my life. You really don't. Never doing laundry again. I'll just need to enter raffles for eight to ten hours a day every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In lieu of a better idea, I'm thinking from the four winners, we'll randomly select one and I will 3D print that person whatever they want within reason. I'm not like printing a gun or something. The Liberator? There's new uh, fully automatic ones. Oh, what do they call that one? I don't know. Probably the Liberator Extreme or something. The Mega they're, Liberator. They're very American. Okay. I don't know. It's just a 3D printed gun feels American, doesn't it? And even then the first one's called the Liberator. So American. Uh, yes, uh, calling it Liberator is definitely extremely it's extremely probably American. Freedom Dispenser or something like that. I mean, they're automatic high-speed freedom dispenser. <laughs> anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, if you have questions about the raffle or if you have uh, if you find an error in our show, there's a whole bunch of ways to get a, get in touch with us. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com/disevidentia. We have a subreddit r/disevidentia. You can tweet at us at disevidentia. You can email us contact at disevidentia.com. We have a Discord server and a YouTube channel. Links for both in the show notes. We have a website, disevidentia.com. You can read the show transcripts and check our sources there. But we don't have a Facebook, because fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, here's an idea. This has been floating around Reddit recently since the war in Ukraine started. There's uh, this Vladimir Putin butt plug. I can't print that one, but I'm sure I can scare something up that's Vladimir Putin-shaped. We can have people shove up their own ass. Stop. So is a terrible way to start off a segment. You keep using the word so. You keep beating yourself up after the fact. One of these times, I'll beat myself up hard enough I can't say the word. Okay. Take that, larynx. Okay. The rumor mill ruins everything, including wars, apparently. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't ruin a war. Ruining wars. <laughs> That's a bold claim. Okay, that was some bullshit phrasing on my part. But at least it ruins people's views of the war and getting accurate information on the war. It's disruptive. It's very disruptive. Having clear information is always helpful for everybody involved because it makes people more informed for any decisions that they make relating to it. But there's already enough difficulty getting reliable information during a war as it is just because of the nature of wars themselves so having something extra being thrown into the mix to dilute that information is not ideal that makes really good sense i've found a number of sources dealing with micro sanctions but you found something bigger and more imposing at least physically uh it's definitely no i'm not gonna make that joke it'll burn up the morale of all the troops it's along those lines. Not going to make that joke. Anyway, okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, mobile crematoriums. There was, I hesitate to even call it a report. There was a tweet early on in the invasion of Ukraine where somebody posted a video of a mobile crematorium with the claim that Russia was deploying these mobile crematoriums in their armored convoys. This person who tweeted it, anybody specific or just some rando? Near as I can tell, it was just some rando. Okay, and they're bringing mobile crematoriums in? The first time I heard you say this, I was thinking, what, are they going to burn the Ukrainian civilians or what's going on? What's the plan? The claim that some people, a lot of people were making alongside this was it was actually to burn the dead, the bodies of the dead soldiers. 
the bodies of the dead Russian soldiers in order to cover up the losses. If you can't recover the bodies, you can't prove that they died, you can report lower death numbers. That's fucked up. I gotta wonder what it feels like to be a soldier marching off to battle with a crematorium following me instead of, like, a medic. Uh, This is pure personal speculation on my part, but if... There were mobile crematoriums, and Russian soldiers were aware that it was a mobile crematorium. They would almost certainly be lied to about its purpose. That makes sense. Now, how much do we actually know about mobile crematoriums? Are they real? Is it just the rumor mill, or...? The... So, mobile crematoriums as an object absolutely do exist. And there's a few different kinds. There's even a Russian company that manufactures them. And that's actually where the video came from. It's not a video that was taken from the border between Russia and Ukraine where these things were being staged, allegedly. It was actually a promotional video from the company itself that manufactured the mobile crematorium. Yeah, I read the source. It said that it was a a company based out of St. Petersburg and it was just like in a parking lot there. Yeah. Yeah. And that video itself was originally posted on YouTube back in 2015. So it's definitely not something fresh from this conflict. So at the same time Trump was running a campaign, Putin was showing off his mobile crematorium. I don't know how much Putin directly (laughs) can be attributed here, but let's go with a solid maybe. Oh, that's some bullshit. I didn't didn't mean anything by that. Okay, okay, okay. Was there anything else you wanted to tell us about mobile crematoriums? The video is not of mobile crematoriums that are on the border itself. So this was a marketing video taken in St. Petersburg. Nothing on the border. We don't have anything firm about it going in then, do we? No, not really. We know it exists, but that's kind of about it. Kind of. So there are some people. Uh, UK Defense Secretary Ben Wallace claims Russians have previously deployed mobile crematoriums back in 2015, but didn't offer any evidence for the claim. His claim was, however, backed up by U.S. House Armed Services Committee Chairman Mac Thornberry, as well as Ukrainian Security Agency head, I am not going to pronounce this correctly, Valentin Nalivachenko? Nalivachenko? I probably butchered that. I apologize. I do this a lot. And also by U.S. Representative Seth Moulton. None of these people, despite corroborating each other's claims, none of them provided any evidence of their claims. So if we wanted to be charitable, we could claim that maybe these people have access to classified materials and intelligence that they can't share with us, but they're still aware of and felt that it was prudent to let that detail out. And on the flip side, U.S. congressional representatives also include people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who believe in things like Jewish space lasers that change ballots and start fires in California. Yeah. Okay, so this goes firmly in the I don't know category. It's possible. There might be mobile crematoriums, but we just we don't have enough there to make the claim. Okay, and we probably could do some more digging in and maybe find something. But it's also the kind of thing that like if you see it, you know, a picture would go up pretty fast. It's yeah, probably. A, it's a big enough secret that I think it would leak. Because estimates of the amount of Russian soldiers going into Ukraine, they're in the tens of thousands, aren't they? Some early numbers that I read was that the number of staged combat troops was between 30 and 60,000, but that was really early on in the war, and I don't know how accurate those numbers still are. Well, I don't see reason to believe those numbers have gone down. 
And asking 60,000 people to all keep a secret or keep a secret from people who might be accidentally exposed to that information seems like a very difficult task. Yeah, that's something you would definitely compartmentalize. And like I said, you would even lie to the crews themselves about what it's there for. And that's assuming they were even aware that it was a mobile crematorium. Yeah, it might just be the truck that sits at the back of the parking lot that no one talks about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Walmarts have that truck sometimes. You don't expect a mobile crematorium at a Walmart. Why would somebody expect one at their place of work? I have uh, no real rebuttal to that. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe keeping the secret isn't terribly hard. Or is this one of those things where uh, some truisms hold? Well, even if the secret was to be kept from the Russian forces themselves, which seems likely, then you would still, in like the wave of all these other vehicles being damaged and abandoned, you would probably find one of these lying around somewhere. This seems like maybe some truisms apply. People like to say that evidence of absence is an absence of evidence, and that holds right up until you've gone looking hard enough. I don't have any evidence that there isn't a tiger somewhere in my house, but if you haven't gone looking throughout the house, you can't disprove it. Now, a tiger is pretty exotic for a suburban household. But it's happened. The Tiger King happened. That was a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't think that mobile crematoriums are that exotic, but I think you're right. All it takes is one modern picture leaking out. This could just be misinformation by Western sources trying to stir some shit up, trying to demoralize Russian troops. Yeah. And this is like the one bit of something that lends any credence to it is the original claim that they used mobile crematoriums back in 2015 and the other people corroborating that. Maybe that is even true. And maybe Russians are simply not doing it this time, so the claim this time is still wrong, even if the one sliver of reliability that's here is also true. Like, these are separate claims. You even have it written in... You even have it written in the notes. TLDR. Insufficient evidence. Yes. I think that also leans towards... In this case, we should default on the side of probably not, but we're not sure. Probably not. If I had to guess right now, I would say, no, this is just a false claim. Our main source on this is Snopes. They have a fact-checking page for Russian mobile crematoriums, and they have a bunch of links and other subsources. On to something a little sillier, micro-sanctions. That's a word I learned the past week. It's definitely something new. So they're a real thing, even if they're silly, but the rumor mill has stirred up a bunch of dumb shit over this. A micro-sanction is something, some kind of sanction that a business owner or an individual attempts to levy against a country when... When the country's done something wrong. So I dug around for a real example because there were so many stupid rumor mill things going around. But one bar owner in Philadelphia decided to start uh, restricting and eventually getting rid of all of his Russian liquor sales. And he got to the point where he was uh, accepting receipts or proof that a $10 donation had been made to a Ukrainian church. And he would then let his customers dump out a bottle of Russian liquor and smash the bottle. Now, some people are comparing this to the Freedom Fries thing that happened a few years ago during the like Iraq invasion. More than a few years ago. Oh my God. Zoomers won't know about Freedom Fries, will they? Probably not. Oh my God. Okay, so for Zoomers, Republicans have always been stupid. <laughs> but it used to be subtle. And around 9-11, it became unsubtle. And it has gotten less and less subtle since then. And now they're saying all the quiet parts out loud. During the second Iraq war, so in you know, in the time after 9-11, we disagreed with some of France's policies about not helping us attack the people who took down the Twin Towers. So we got rid of French in a lot of our words, in a lot of our terms, our Republicans tried to. So for a little while, we didn't have French fries or French toast. We had freedom fries and freedom toast. Yep. Do I have to get a source for this? You might. I lived it. Fortunately, like, it didn't 
stick, but... It lasted, like, a year or two, and yet... As a meme status, yes. Oh, my God. You know, thinking about it, that was a really long time ago, man. Yeah. That was, like, I worked at a McDonald's at the time. Legit 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, a teenager. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyway, a lot of people are saying this is the Democrat version of freedom fries, levying micro-sanctions against Russia. But I think this dif- differs in a number of ways. Yeah. The two big ones being that the state of Pennsylvania jumped on board, and these people are putting their money where their mouth is. The freedom fries thing was largely elite and consumer-driven. The elites would bitch and moan about it, but they were also the people that never buy French fries, right? If you can afford escargot, you're not going to McDonald's. It just isn't how that happens. And consumers would go to McDonald's and bitch and moan and start a fight the same way they do about masks today. Or maybe masks six months ago, now that the mask thing is kind of going away after COVID. And when I say the state of Pennsylvania jumped on board, the quote from my source, I'm citing NBCPhiladelphia.com, the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board, the state agency that oversees the sale of alcohol and wine on Sunday, announced that two Russian vodkas would no longer be sold in the state. Six other Russian liquor brands sold by special order would also no longer be available, the article commented. So the state of Pennsylvania is issuing a state-level sanction because this was such a popular idea there. And when I say these businesses, businesses are putting their money where their mouth is, their customers were buying Russian liquor and they're cutting themselves off from revenue. But the freedom fries problem, the same people that were in charge of the, the t-shirt printing that would you know say freedom fries or whatever on them were the same people who were pushing the messaging. It was never a genuine message. And this is just looks very different. Okay, but still, micro-sanctions. Even the state of Pennsylvania can't do much to hurt a national economy, right? The one thought that I had, like the difference between these micro sanctions and the freedom fries thing is just on a fundamental level one of these is objecting to war and the other one is calling for war that is pretty fundamental yeah that's a pretty big difference yeah that makes sense now i think the people who were pro freedom fries messaging would have said the war in iraq was justified some people who were the people saying freedom fries back then still say that shit yeah and looking back it really wasn't Right. There's no way to get there. Right. Not for the reasons stated. Yeah, that's that's true. There's other things we can say to try to justify that Iraq war. But they stated the reasons that they stated. They could have gone with other ones. Yeah, they could have. And they didn't. Yeah. And there was a bunch of lies. There were no there were no weapons of mass destruction. And I was just thinking about all the jokes at the time. Sorry, just anytime a celebrity disappeared, they're like, where's the celebrity uh, next to the weapons of mass destruction? They're just camping out. Hell of a camp. It's a nice dry heat. Anyway, we didn't come to discuss real goofy things, but that, that's important context for the goofy rumors. Are you aware that the movie Anastasia is no longer available on Disney Plus? Not having a subscription to Disney Plus, no, I was unaware. Oh, well, you can check out what's on DisneyPlus.com, the source that our source cites. I cited ScreenRant.com because the other source is ad-infested shitpile. Okay. But it does appear to have accurate information about what's on Disney Plus. And it's not there. Anastasia's off. And the rumor mill has said that it's uh, Disney trying to profit off the Russian narrative and saying, look, we're doing bad things to Russians. The movie Anastasia is not available. If it was done since the invasion of Ukraine started, I can understand why people would jump to that conclusion. It was like the day after. I can understand why people would jump to that conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So some problems with that narrative. It's available in every other non-U.S. country, and it's still available on Stars, uh, the country that owns... Country? The company that uh, owns the movie. 
Okay. And uh, it's only not available in the U.S. on Disney Plus during contract negotiations between Disney and Stars. That's uh, hyper-specific, yeah. So the movie, it turns out, made $140 million in the box office like two decades ago or whenever the fuck it came out and is made by Americans and being profited on by Americans. And the official story is, we're negotiating the contract. There's no reason to disbelieve the official story. This is bullshit. Yeah. But is an example of the rumor mill running amok with micro sanctions. Of course. Another stupid one was the ICF banning Russian cats. For those not familiar, the ICF is the International Cat Federation, and they host cat shows. I hate it. Sure, yeah, uh, you're not wrong. But the rumor is that the ICF banned all Russian blues from participating. And people got upset because they're like, but, but there's a San, there's a, there's a breeder in San Francisco that breeds Russian blues. You're going to cut Americans out of this thing because of a Russian war? And the rumor mill got all pissed about this instead of just checking for sources. So I asked for a source from the person who brought this to my attention. And well, it's just not what that short little headline would have you believe. It's cats recently bred in and exported from Russia are not valid for participating in ICF cat shows. That's it. This isn't going to hurt anyone. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, I guess. It's not going to stop people from breeding or selling these cats. They can still sell them. And eventually the war is going to end. And I have to presume that after that, this micro-sanction will be lifted. But yep. if the rumor mill would just ask for sources, this wouldn't be a problem. Uh, it wouldn't be much of a rumor mill, then, would it? No, I suppose it wouldn't. And the world would be a better place. Yes. Uh, well, we both stumbled across this one. Oh, hang on. Our source for that one, I just cited NBC News. It was the source that we dug into with the person we were debating this topic with. But we both stumbled into the radiation around Chernobyl and the attacks on nuclear power plants. Yeah, that was something that happened really early on with the troops moving into Ukraine. They seized the area around the Chernobyl power plant or what remains of it. And we saw radiation increases at the Chernobyl site. Not just increases, but a 20 times... I have the stupidest notes. I wrote 20x fold increase. The fuck notes? Come on. But a 20... <laughs> You're just laughing at me? Yawn. Oh. Yep. I'm both. It's both. It's both. A laugh yawn? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Not just a radiation increase, but a 20 times increase in radiation. It has to be enormous. We all have to be dying. We're going to melt. No, zombies. I uh. mean, it's Chernobyl. That's dangerous levels of radiation to begin with. 20 dangerous. That's really dangerous. <laughs> so patronizing <laughs> um, it's like like if i was a 10 year old and you said it to me like that i i wouldn't believe you because of how stupid you sounded it's good <laughs> uh so i didn't get a good source like normally and you went and got two really good sources they didn't really establish numbers for the amount of radiation that was there they or like the increases to the amount of radiation they just focused on the fact that yes there is radiation increases no it's not something that people in the area that, that actually have to work inside the exclusion zone have to necessarily worry about and it's absolutely not a danger to anyone outside the exclusion zone but even setting aside the, the initial reports on the amount of radiation increase that has occurred at the Chernobyl site, there were concerns that this was the result of an attack. And maybe there's it was a careless attack. Maybe it was a deliberate attack. Maybe they're trying to do more. I heard people throwing around the phrase dirty bombs multiple times. Yeah. I mean, you could turn, like with a little bit of difficulty, depending on how recent the reactor is, you can turn commercial nuclear power plants into 
sturdy-ish. Couldn't you just put big, normal bombs under the reactors and or fuel sources? Boom. Instant dirty bomb? Uh, that takes some more setup, but it, it's technically possible, yes. Okay. It's just the, a lot of the, the normal safeguards for these reactors that exist to prevent other disasters work somewhat in favor to preventing that as well, but it, it, they can be worked around with enough effort. Something else that enhanced the fear-mongering. Ukraine has a bunch of radiation sensors, particularly in the Chernobyl and Pripyat. Did I say that right? I think so. Whatever, that abandoned city near Chernobyl. Yeah. They have a bunch of radiation sensors in that area and more across the whole country because they're acutely aware of the problems. And during the fighting and during the radiation increase, a number of those sensors went offline, stopped reporting. And a lot of people were like, oh yeah, the radiation clearly took them offline, <laughs> ignoring that, you know, there was a war going on. The war, you know, ca presumably caused the radiation increase and uh, presumably disrupted the internet and other information sharing services, causing the sensors to go offline. Ugh. So your sources, you have Reuters and CNN. Any specific claims they made over there? Or? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, you were describing that, like, uh, uh, how terrible would it have been instead of the sensors going offline, all the sensors just read 3.6 rockins. <laughs> Rotgens. What is that, like face melting levels? No, oh, no, no. It's not bad. And, or, it's not, sorry, not great, not terrible. That's the word. It's just, like, I don't know what a raunchin is. The, my source went over sieverts, milli, micro, nano sieverts. It's a Russian unit of measure for radiation, and it was the unit of measure, and specifically 3.6 Rotgens was the measurement recorded at the Chernobyl site when the meltdown was happening, which is not particularly dangerous, but the reason the 3.6 number is significant is because most of the sensors they had maxed out at 3.6. Oh, shit. That's and when they good. brought a more sensitive, more industrial sensor in, it was actually reading 10,000. What the fuck? So, sorry. Yeah, me saying 3.6 Rockins is me nodding right. to the original Chernobyl disaster. Okay, I should watch the... Uh... The drama, yeah. the dramatization, I hear it's that was really good. It is. Okay. Uh, my source, I picked a YouTube video from Kyle Hill, uh, specifically because he's recently been doing a multi-part series on Chernobyl that's very fact-based. He took a trip there. Uh, he even to, because he's trying to allay the fears of radiation. So he even took a Geiger counter on the plane with him. I'm sure the TSA thought it was a bomb or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. It keeps clicking. Is, is that a countdown? <laughs> The clicks I, are getting faster. Clearly a countdown. Glove snaps on. We need to check you for more bombs, sir. Kyle Hill just has to bend over there. Oh, God. Maybe that's his fetish. I don't know. Uh, okay, maybe. <laughs> his video took an extremely neutral stance on this. Yeah. Because he wanted to make something that withstood the test of time, and he didn't even say the Ukrainian invasion was good or bad. He's just like, here's facts aside from that. This isn't about an invasion. And he explained what the different units of radiation were and what the jump was and even what the 20-fold increase was. And he hypothesized that the change in radiation would be consistent simply with stirring up a bunch of dust in the area. Yes. Just like you'd get if you marched a whole bunch of troops and tanks through. Uh, heavy equipment was the term used by the Reuters source that I have. Uh, yeah, trucks and tanks going over soil instead of roads which you should be using roads, but some of these people don't give a shit about that. And yeah, they just stirred up the soil and moved a bunch of the radioactive soil into the air. Particulates. Yep. Probably that, the better word. That's pretty much what he said too. And he said that he hoped things didn't get worse. And he also made a nod to the fact that some of the uh, workers there had been held hostage. Mm -hmm. He even made a nod to the hostages 
at Chernobyl, but since he was trying to be apolitical, he didn't really linger on that. What did the other sources you have say about the hostages? They were taken hostage and they continued to be hostages. They didn't really dwell on the hostages all that much. Taking hostages during a war at a nuclear power plant seems, uh, sketchy. Very sketchy. Seems like civilian infrastructure to me. There are people that want to try to argue that it's a war crime. I don't know enough about war crimes to make that claim, but people are trying to make that claim. I mean, I feel like taking civilians hostages is a war crime, but I don't know. I know killing civilians is, but it feels like a crime against humanity. Like, it's just these people can't go anywhere. They have to run the nuclear power plant. And because they have this job, you're you're kidnapping them. That's extreme bullshit. Yeah. And it's been brought up by many people that this is a high stress situation. They're not really being given the normal downtime that they normally get and so their ability to maintain these facilities it should be brought into question after on a weeks uh, or less of being held hostage and it can create a very dangerous situation so people want a better resolution to this specifically uh, very soon yeah that's uh that's fucked up we don't have good reports from the people on the inside or any nope. other details like russian demands or anything yet do we uh, allegedly they're being held at gunpoint in some cases but beyond that not really we don't have good details i'd never thought about the security implications of having your nuclear power plants taken over so yeah the the initial fears of chernobyl being attacked and having that turned into a dirty bomb i was like well but why there's not any real good reason to it unless you're going to try to treat that area as like using a scorched earth policy yeah it uh depends on what your goals are If you're a genocidal maniac and you just want to kill everyone in Ukraine, bombing nuclear power plants makes a ton of sense. Chernobyl's location in Ukraine, it's actually really close to the border. They're going to do more damage to Russia and Belarus than, well, maybe not more. I guess it depends on the direction the wind is blowing. They'll do significant damage to themselves. Yeah, it's really close to the border. That's why it was taken so early in the war. Makes sense. But uh, even then, that aside, the... Whether or not you want to pay horrible Sisyphean costs in the first days of a war, they're looking to invade. Their goal is economic prosperity through violence. That, to me, says you want a metered level of violence, and you want to take things, not blow them up. Yeah, they don't necessarily... Well, okay, we're not 100% sure what their goals are. The stated goals that I have seen is security interests of Russia, and the implication with it is preventing more countries from joining the EU or NATO. But... Beyond so, that. So looking like a homicidal aggressor, brilliant plan. <laughs> yeah, that's uh it's definitely backfired for them. Like on every level, this war has backfired on Russia. But 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 beyond that, we don't really have a good concrete idea of what their goals are, or at least I haven't read what those goals are. I've just kind of inferred them based on their actions. Yeah. I mean, they marched into other places and took other things, and it's been heavily implied that Putin wants Russia to be richer and stronger, and securing food and valuable resources in Ukraine seems like that's a no-brainer. He wants to be richer. Yeah, and they're fond of installing puppet governments in places that they move into. So presuming that they want to do that and leave infrastructure available and workers alive stands to reason. So why try to dirty bomb nuclear power plants? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, a lot of people confuse irrational, mega-violent behavior with a different type of rational than they're used to. If you put yourself in Putin's position, the only way that bombing Chernobyl makes sense is if he's trying to cause as much short-term damage as possible. 
That's the only way it makes sense. If you're looking for killing lots of people indiscriminately, that's it. That's the only time. So either you think he's irrational and incredibly stupid, or he's, you know, this ultraviolet maniac, or Chernobyl being bombed is out of the question. That said, there could be accidents. Well, I was going to say, that said, there's another nuclear plant. <sighs> so we're talking about the really big one, the one that's still active? The largest nuclear power plant in Europe and the ninth largest nuclear power plant in the world. It What's is... it called? Can you say its name for me? Jesus Tap Dancing Christ. No, I cannot. <laughs> Let's try. <laughs> Zaporizhia? Good enough. Zaporizhia? I took one look at that and was like, I'm going to make Mako pronounce it. Yeah, of course you are. Jerk. Anyway, that nuclear power plant was actually shelled by Russian troops. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. Uh, it happened on March 3rd, and no, fortunately, no essential structures or systems were damaged. The damage was exclusive to auxiliary, auxiliary buildings for Reactor 1. It did structural damage, and that building did catch fire. The fire was extinguished with no further damage to anything else. It was just an auxiliary building. It was not anything that was critical to the ongoing function of the power plant at the time. So, like, they damaged one reactor and lit the tool shed on fire. That's what it sounds like. Uh, they didn't even damage one reactor. They, I guess they, they damaged portions oh. of the backup for a reactor. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, and that's I it. Follow. I heard the word reactor and then auxiliary reactor systems building of some kind. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that fire was extinguished and no further damage. And there's no measured increase of radiation at the site. The they didn't have soil or radiation in the soil to stir up. Yeah. And there was more to the point. There was no like puncturing of reactors. There's nothing leaking from the ongoing operation of the reactors. Uh, the reactors, I do believe all but one of them has been shut down, but I couldn't find good confirmation on that. Interesting. If that were the case, where would they be getting power from? Uh, another power station from non-nuclear means that's okay. somewhere else. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, at least that's the claim. There, there was another plant. I forget what kind of energy it produces, but it kicked on to compensate for the, the loss of power. And this is another case of the crew was held hostage. They are still hostages to the Russian troops. That's kind of horrifying. A lot of people who are just doing their jobs being held hostages by an invading military force. Yeah. So as much as we are saying that, yeah, oh, it's ridiculous for Russia to directly attack a nuclear power plant. Well, we do have evidence that Russia directly attacked a nuclear power plant. That's why I've been saying not attack the plant, but to blow it up or bomb it. Yeah. Because shelling near it versus blowing it up, very different things. Yeah. Deliberately targeting an active reactor in hopes of creating a leak is... Yeah, that's really, really bad. Of course, we don't know what the Russians were told to do. We don't know exactly what their target was. We, we, we don't know what was going on with that. We don't know how much of this is intentional. But regardless of what's intentional, what was meant to happen, what did happen is a nuclear power plant got shelled. Yeah. So we we don't know how much of what the Russian troops did to this nuclear power plant, how much of the shelling was deliberate. We don't know if they were trying to target something else. We don't know if they were told that the building itself was something else. We just don't know. But regardless of what was intentional and what wasn't, what did happen is a nuclear power plant did get shelled. Yeah, that makes sense. And depending on how they got there, it could have been much worse. If it was bad intel, if they thought it was a factory, if they thought they were making weapons of mass destruction, if, 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 you don't have to put too many ifs in there to get to the point where they're shelling reactors. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey Mako, check out this video. Is that your PC hooked up to a Ukrainian air defense system? Yeah, look at all the RGB. Clearly what every missile defense system needs. They can fuse the Iskander missiles. How would you know that? Well, I set up both our PCs, but only have ongoing video of mine with the anti-missile RGB lighting. How did you get my computer? I just checked it and it's still there. 3D printed replica. But I turned it on. It booted. A deep fake boot screen. Should have checked harder. You... Uh, why do I bother? So who do I contact for a new PC? You and everyone outside of Russia should go to abkcustoms.com for your next custom gaming computer and support Ukraine vicariously through micro-sanctions. But only 0.43% of our downloads come from Russia. This isn't going to impact anyone. Don't ask about our Ukraine numbers. But still, no PCs for oligarchs. Do you think Putin listens to our show? Of course not. We would have told him not to listen to his own propaganda and he never would have been in this situation. Don't forget to use code EVIDENCE to save 10% on your next PC. One would expect that the belligerents in a war would be the ones to do most of the lying. We already demonstrated the rumor mill produces bullshit, but, and I think most people expect Russian trolls in Russia to produce bullshit, I think fewer people expect Ukraine to produce bullshit. Yeah, for sure. But we've got some bullshit from everybody going on here, don't we? A, a little bit. And it is kind of important to disambiguate not only the amount of bullshit, but the quality of the bullshit. The quality in addition to the quantity and so you can get different kinds of bullshit showing up depending on who you're talking about and what exactly their goals are that said i would expect russia to have a very high quantity of bullshit and for the that quantity to be distinctly more possibly by a large margin than the ukrainian government but I don't know, maybe that's baseless. I have no real reason to believe that, but that's just what is intuitive to me. Well, Russia has demonstrated a great deal of effectiveness with their bullshit in recent history. Yes. I mean, they got everything they wanted out of President Trump, and, I mean, they had a president. They had a U.S. president. <laughs> I don't know that they had him in every way, shape, and form, but... They had so much. They got sanctions dropped. They got their own personal money freed up. They got territory in Syria. They got, yeah, so much, so many other things. Things I can't recall off the top of my head. Yeah. So, and they did it all through the power of bullshit. Yep. If you just misinform people, people act randomly or unintelligently, and sometimes they vote for Trump. Well, bullshit and money, but yeah. I suppose one helps the other, doesn't it? Yes. But yeah, I agree with you. Largely, the Russian bullshit has been transparent and obvious. It's not subtly deployed at all like previous bullshit had been. <laughs> the I stand with Putin hashtag. <laughs> God. People getting kicked off of Twitter for disingenuous behavior. It's like, no, nobody stands with Putin. Fuck off. Uh, don't even have a source for that. And we just saw it earlier today. It's just such overt bullshit. Just a bunch of trolls with stock photos for their accounts and pushing shit to go viral, even though they have no followers. Clearly, they're just gaming Twitter. Okay. So I guess the obvious thing to lie about is uh, losses. Well, how the war is going, and one of the most objective metrics by which the war is going, is either by land claimed or by forces lost. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Russia would want to inflate territory gained and deflate losses, but then the opposite. Ukraine would want to inflate Russian losses and deflate gains. For morale purposes, right? Oh yeah, all about morale. So you have... Some sources here. Looks like an image for... Yeah, it was posted on Twitter by the Kiev Independent. 
Right. I'll see if I can have our graphics guy go ahead and uh, get these in the YouTube video, but we'll share with you some of the key numbers because it's just a small little infographic looking thing. Yeah. This was information uh, collected by the Kiev Independent from the Ukraine's armed forces. They do say that is indicative estimates by the Ukraine's armed forces. So they give themselves weaseling room yeah. when they're demonstrated to be wrong somehow. They're also not being more specific than Ukraine's armed forces, at least not in this infographic. And so there's a whole lot of fuzziness to this. But they're claiming more than 11,000 troops have been killed. That's a really big number. And there's a big headline that says Russian losses as of March 7. Yes. So this is pretty fresh. We're recording this end of March 7th, beginning of March 8th. Yep. So this is very, very fresh uh, as of the day that we're doing this recording. It even says approximate to be confirmed. Yep. Some other big numbers there. 999 armored personnel carriers. It's quite a large number. What, 40-something planes, 50 missile launch systems, boats, lots of fuel tanks, hundreds of cars. Seven drones? Seven? That's oddly precise. Yeah, I believe it. And 290 tanks a lot of tanks they have been asking for a lot of anti-tank missiles okay so in what ways is this bullshit and why would the kiev independent or the ukrainian military want to misrepresent this well i, I don't know about the kiev independent I, I i know nothing about them other than they exist and they're reporting this but ukraine's armed forces as we stated already have a vested interest in keeping the morale high the morale stays high, then people keep on defending, and they're more successful, likely to be successful at keeping the Russians out. Yeah, no one wants to be fighting a losing battle. If you're the underdog, you want to be the underdog and winning. Yeah, or at least, like, hope for win or something. If loss seems inevitable, you're going to make loss more likely by simply not trying as much. Yeah, and a lot of people confuse a 20% chance of victory with inevitable. I have this problem a lot when I'm playing games with people. I'll see that there's like, oh, there's, here's 15 outs that you have. And they'll be like, ah, you have an overwhelming advantage. And I'll be like, oh, okay. And I'll stick it out. And then people accuse me of being super lucky. And I'm like, well, I just play each one out. And sure, I have a one in 10 chance of drawing the card I need or rolling the thing on the die that I need. But the fact that I stuck it through until, you know, I had a very, very small chance of victory. Yeah. And here they're just trying to maximize those gains on a national level. And it does kind of suck that they're misinforming their own people about having a one in X chance of winning, making it feel more like. Uh, well, OK, so declaring that they are misinforming people might be a bit much. The thing is, is like with the mobile crematoriums, is we don't really have much in the way of verification. That's true, I suppose. But we are using them as the upper end of a range. Yes. It is unlikely that the, the numbers would be higher than this. <laughs> okay. These numbers already are kind of unlikely, but... Why don't we go into some of Russia's numbers, and then let's talk about accuracy versus precision. Okay. So this one's not quite as fresh. This is from March 2nd. So five-ish days ago. But the Russian Defense Ministry made a announcement about the Russian losses in Ukraine. They did not say anything about vehicles. They were only talking about Russian soldiers. They said that 498 Russian soldiers are dead and 1,597 additional soldiers have been wounded or injured. And the Ukrainian source was actually really... Uh loose about this they're not claiming eleven thousand troops dead they're claiming eleven thousand troops lost yes that gives them wiggle room to say oh they were injured but even by that number the russian number is one-fifth the size so when i've heard estimates from the same day typically the russian number is five to ten percent or five to twenty percent of the ukrainian number 
So, yeah, I, I see reason to believe that both sides aren't p- putting forward their best effort to inform their people. The Russians are trying to make this thing look as cheap as possible, and Ukrainians are trying to make it look as expensive as possible. Yeah. <sighs> I also notice we're not talking a lot about Ukrainian losses. Yeah, that's something that I've been on the lookout for quite a bit, and I haven't really seen much about that. I suspect it's just harder to track losses when you're talking about an irregular force. I bet we know how many Ukrainian planes went down, but we don't know even how many Ukrainian fighters are on the ground. I I don't know. I haven't seen much of it. But we have seen articles that, oh, uh, the city of Kiev passed out 10,000 rifles to different citizens who promised to defend. Oh, 18,000 the night before they were expecting to the initial Russians to, to show up in Kiev. But yeah, you show up with a Ukrainian passport, you get a gun, and apparently they had distributed 18,000 automatic rifles. That sounds like a lot of guns to me. That's yep. a lot of irregulars to fight. Yeah. And then they put out instructions on how to make Molotov cocktails and told people like, oh, these are the sensitive spots on Russian tanks. Aim there with your cocktails. Yeah. I want to see this CDC warning for when Canada invades the U.S., And here's the parts of the Canadian tanks to avoid. This is the dangerous part. Minimize your injuries by going for the eyes or whatever the whatever the CDC advice would be. Yeah. Canada deploys the maple syrup bomb. Don't forget to double mask. (laughs) They would never use a precious resource like maple syrup like that. By that logic, just because Canada has a strategic maple syrup reserve, the United States views cheese as a valuable important resource have you seen people weaponize cheese in war no no i haven't well there you go (laughs) i guess it cut out so much of me laughing at this bullshit Uh, okay accuracy versus precision yeah right now i don't think anyone has a real count of what's going on but there are counts that are more likely than others and both of these sides are aiming for precision and wrong Clearly, Russia wants to undersell. Clearly, Ukraine wants to oversell. And any reasonable estimate is going to start above the Russian numbers and below the Ukrainian numbers. I'm sure the U.S., with all of our spies and satellites and drones and other ways that we know what the fuck's going on there better than either of the belligerents. And I keep saying that word. A belligerent is just one party of a war for people who haven't heard that term before. But the rest of the Western powers have such good information gathering resources that we know... I'm not going to say exactly what's going on, but we have a really good picture, better than previous wars. So there's actually, a, speaking of pictures, one of the only forms of concrete information we really have coming out of Ukraine is satellite photos. Not just from military, but like every available camera that we have in the sky is going to be pointed at Ukraine. Yeah, we have a ton of mapping satellites. I bet Elon Musk has a few. Yeah, without a doubt. And so anytime we see large scale movement from troops or vehicles that would be abundantly apparent on any kind of satellite image, yeah, everyone's going to know about that. And we're going to know about it with confidence. But everything else, like individual troops going places, that's not... Apparently on a, clear. On a spy satellite, they're going to be like a pixel or the some of the photons that make up one portion of one pixel. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to really see that all that well. And 
motivations. Like we, we don't know why people are making certain decisions. Like we know that there is a 17 mile long convoy that was making its way for Kiev and it has stopped moving. Yeah. We don't know if they had technical issues. We don't know if the convoy is a decoy. Maybe Russians are just fucking with intelligence planners trying to divert resources and it's yeah. 17 miles of empty trucks or something. Yeah. We don't know. And a lot of these details that are coming out about what's going on there some of these things can be confirmed by first-hand accounts or an abundance of first-hand accounts uh, through social media. But most of it, it's really hard to say because that's war. When people say fog of war, this is what they're talking about. It's just very hard to know what's actually going on because the situation is constantly fluid. Yeah. So when I say that Western powers have the best information, don't confuse that with Western powers have an accurate body count. We might be better at getting at accuracy and we have less bias. And we might be able to do things like get the hospital records of both sides. But that doesn't mean that we know for sure, you know, some amount of people down to the, the last digit is the amount of people that have died, right? That, that just isn't a, an acquirable number without lots of vetting and counting and checking after the fact. Yeah. But what we probably can do is narrow it down to a range. And we probably... Somewhere between Russia's count and Ukraine's count. And even then, I think, I think the U.S. intelligence agencies can narrow it down a lot more than that. But I... I bet that I bet that there's some range that somebody has that's probably two or three thousand people in size. It's probably like four to six thousand people or something like that. Maybe about three thousand is the common number I've heard a lot of people say. Yeah, and, and it might be around there. It, that might be it. It might be you know three thousand plus or minus five hundred people. And us not having access to that information, we need to have a wider range if we're going to be accurate. We are almost certainly correct if we say. Between Russia's 2,000 and Ukraine's 11,000. We're almost certainly accurate, but we give up all manner of precision. And this leads into several logical fallacies. A lot of times people will believe numbers that just appear to have lots of significant digits. It's like, oh, here's how many millions of dollars the U.S. wasted hoarding cheddar, Canada hoard lost hoarding maple syrup, and it'll be some seven-digit number down to like a number of pennies. And clearly that's bullshit, right? We, we, we don't know down to the penny because who knows how much that report cost to make and it was more than a penny. But if you go with a range and accept that, oh, on things like this, things that cost millions of dollars, we're going to be off by potentially thousands of dollars, but that's okay because that's still less than 1%, you can get accurate enough information, even on a fluid situation, to make meaningful decisions. And I'm certain that decision makers for Ukraine and decision makers for Russia have accurate enough numbers to make their own decisions, even if... They're imperfect. They have ranges that are approximately good enough. I don't know. Yeah. We as civilians in another country, especially, are unlikely to get that information until this war is over. Or at least unlikely to get versions of that information that aren't stale. Yeah. I mean, there was a anonymous pulled a hack and got all the Ministry of Defense data from Russia. That was pretty good. Yeah. If something like that happens again, maybe we'll get some really accurate numbers. It'd be great to see a leaked Excel spreadsheet that says uh, publicly claimed deaths, actual deaths. That'd be very convenient labeling. Yes. <laughs> It'd be Russian. <laughs> of course. Uh, there was some other state-sponsored bullshit. I don't know that it was state-manufactured, but... I think state-sponsored is fair to say. Uh, so in the early days of the war, and of course I say that as if this is something that happened decades ago, and it actually only happened about a week and a half ago. <laughs> but uh, do I have a date? I do not have a date. Okay. So in the first few days of the war, there was stories about an ace pilot 
a Ukrainian pilot that downed six Russian aircraft in a 24-hour period. People started posting videos on social media claiming that it was the same person flying overhead, and they dubbed this person the Ghost of Kiev. That's a pretty sweet fucking name and a pretty good thing to put on your resume. What's the problem with it? It's probably not true. Oh, how probably? Well... There was one video posted that allegedly shows the ghost of Kiev getting a confirmed kill, like shooting a missile, taking down a plane, and watching the wreckage fall to the ground. The problem with this is that the video was not real, or at least it, it wasn't any kind of actual real-life combat. It was gameplay from a game called Digital Combat Simulator. Oh, they just cranked the graphics up to 11 and ran it on a good computer? Well, Digital Combat Simulator is aimed to be as extreme of a combat sim as a game can muster. So it probably looked really good. And if you scale it from a a 4K image or something and brought it back down to, you know, 460p or something, it probably would be indistinguishable from reality. If you maxed the graphic settings, sure. Maybe add a graininess filter or something. But they tried to make all of the aircraft movement, the missile behaviors, everything as realistic to real life as possible. Nice. So... Like, I actually watched a streamer recently. He was talked into playing Digital Combat Simulator, and they're like, all right, listen, I fully endorse you playing this game, but you need to understand before you start, you are going to be setting up controls for the first three hours. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, that can't be right. One hour, maybe. That's extreme. One hour, maybe. No, he was setting it up for three hours. On stream, that's got to be a rough performance there. The the community was engaged. They were like, ha ha, I told you so. <laughs> I love it. Anyway. Love it. It's like one of those streams where people build a 3D printer and they get two hours into a four hour stream. They're like, oh, I don't have any of the bolts I need. And they just have to vamp for two hours. Yep. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that video was footage from a game. It wasn't real combat footage. Wow. And we, we know that. There's other things. I, I, I saw individual reports where allegedly people were were claiming that a former comic was the pilot that was the ghost of kiev and it's like no there's i saw one thing that like i didn't actually include it into the show notes here because i couldn't find anything to corroborate these claims but a bunch of different websites were saying oh yeah these people are claiming this about the ghost of kiev and this is why it doesn't work and one of them was like okay yeah this is allegedly a picture of the actual ace pilot but if we do this analysis with the image we see edits here here and here around the face the flag and the patch Oh, so they just swapped out a pilot from one country and put in another one or something? Yeah, and claimed that was the ghost of Kiev. So, like, all of these individual things where we could say, okay, well, the person definitely exists and here's some better evidence for it has been debunked. There's no good evidence of the ghost of Kiev. And even the footage where social media was trying to claim that it was the same plane, same pilot each time probably wasn't. We, we can't prove that it actually was. We don't even have like the numbers that are on all the planes. No. So I worked for the Air Force and I don't even know what those numbers are called. <laughs> I was in the chair force area. I was always next to the coffee maker. So the, the claim that there is an ace pilot is something that we, we simply can't verify. And And it's totally in the Ukrainian military's interest to not debunk this. Yeah, especially in the early days of the war when Ukraine was deeply concerned about what was going to happen as Russia ramped up its war effort. Having that early report of somebody who is just exceptional was a big morale booster, and they would have every incentive to protect that morale boost. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So 
that's the long and short of it. Yeah. We can't prove anything, but it's highly unlikely this person exists in the way that the rumor mill claims exist. It, and the Ukrainian government isn't doing anything to disavow it, and they're the ones in the position to. They're actually perpetuating it somewhat. They've mm. tried to claim that the number of kills that this ace pilot has acquired is now at 10. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. But the Ukrainian government did not start it. It started just as a, a social media thing. And the Ukrainian government seems to have ran with it. Well, our sources for that, we've got our two bullshit sources. The Kiev Independent on the Ukrainian losses, NPR for Russian losses. And I believe NPR is doing accurate reporting, but... Yeah, the, the I don't even want to besmirch the Kiev Independent. Yeah, it's important to understand that they're reporting on somebody else doing the reporting and the, the other person is probably bullshitting. Yeah, the, okay. the Russian Ministry of Defense and the Ukrainian Armed Forces... So in both these cases, right, we don't want to insult the Kiev Independent or NPR. Yeah. We have no reason to believe the Kiev Independent's doing bad reporting, and I personally have every reason to believe NPR's doing good reporting. Yes. Which is subtly different, but I don't know. I'm just saying we don't know how reputable the Kiev Independent is. They could be amazing or terrible. Mm -hmm. And either way, both these sources are relying on their respective armed services to provide accurate numbers, and we're fairly certain that's not the case. And then from all those weird caveats, we go to a source that needs no caveats, Wikipedia. (laughs) Now, Wikipedia has an ongoing and evolving page on the ghost of Kiev. Go check it out. Check out its sources. Yep. And then specifically regarding the video, we have a Snopes source. Yep. Okay. On to external lies for personal gain. Oh, boy. Uh, are we cool with saying, well, I'll 3D print something and ship it to people? Is that just too fucking stupid? I mean, we have to riddle it with, like, disclaimers. Like, there's going to be limits on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I'm not like... 3D printing a Death Star. Right, we can you just... wouldn't 3D print a Death Star. Yeah, I fucking would. Not all lies come from belligerents or the rumor mill. Some are deliberate and put out there for fun and profit. Fun? Explain to me what 4chan is doing without that word. Uh, there's a word for it, but I'm trying. Lulls? No. Malice? Malice? Yeah, I would definitely describe some of the things happening at 4chan as malice, yes. I would argue they do malice for fun. Uh, (laughs) sorry that was a trap if you're listening to a podcast for up-to-date news you're doing it wrong yeah yeah we record we edit we release and there's like a week-long delay we are not professional news we're not journalists we're two software developers who are like we should analyze some of the shit that's out there and we take time to analyze and make sure that we're not saying overtly stupid things unlike tucker carlson it's a really low bar but yeah yeah we clear that bar So just before the invasion or just after the invasion, he had a show, and I'll link to it. There's a Newsweek bit that accumulates a few of his tweets in a, an eight-minute segment of his show where he's downplaying everything Russia's doing and asking why we should hate the totalitarian dictator who's starting a war of aggression. And he tries to blame all of our problems on Kamala Harris, Democrats, the libs, uh, not being toxically masculine enough or whatever the fuck he's talking about. I listened to it and it's like, dude, you said a very little in eight minutes of talking. <laughs> but he was forced to... But he did backpedal almost immediately, like the next day. Things like he claimed that Ukraine was a totalitarian government. I mean, that's theoretically possible. That's hypothetically possible. But Zelensky was just elected in 2019. Not exactly enough time to cement a government, right? And I'll link to uh, the Wikipedia page on uh, Vladimir Zelensky so you can see when he was elected, what he did, and see his bloodthirsty and power-mongering chops as he played Paddington Bear in the Ukrainian dub of the movie Paddington. Okay. (laughs) 
I also have a source, Vox Ukraine, that goes in-depth with the imperfections in the Ukrainian government and even has a democracy index from two different sources of international observers, and both rate Ukraine in the middle of the European powers in terms of how much power the executive can assert. It tries to balance that a chief executive that's too weak results in a country that gets nothing done, like the United States, <laughs> or uh, an executive that's too powerful can result in a country where the executive stomps all over everyone, like the United States. Wait, that's imperfect. Our executive is way too powerful in some things and then just shitty in others. I don't know, but Ukraine seems to have a halfway functioning government. There's there's no yeah. legitimacy to the claim that's totalitarian. And here is a cable news reporter making that claim in prime time. Reporter is generous. Yeah, it is. So this is from the same uh, news organization that had Sean Hannity participating in the Jan 6 insurrection and being subpoenaed by the committee investigating that insurrection. So a co-worker of that guy. That doesn't make Tucker Carlson guilty for certain, but he's saying so many demonstrably wrong and untrue things and immediately playing to his political talking points. Like he claimed that it was Camilla's job to open the Mexican border and she did it, which what does it even mean to have an open versus a closed border? It's clearly yeah. bullshit talking points. Oh, what, that's my first thought is what does that even mean? Yeah, it's a, gen it's a general fear that Republicans kind of have thinking that Mexicans will get to just walk into the country with no process. Why they're afraid of that even perplexes me. But what we know that Republicans or conservatives have been told that populace of Mexico consists of criminals. So, yeah, if you already have this preconceived notion that they're all criminals and then you just open up border and let criminals flood into your country. Yep. Then, Racism. Yeah. Fear naturally follows. But, yeah, you, there's a lot of steps to get there. Yeah, there's a... Yeah, there's a lot of just racist bullshit there. He then went on to claim that it was Kamala's goal to keep uh, the border of Ukraine closed, to keep Russians from coming in, like an invasion was the same thing as the Mexican immigrants peacefully trying to get jobs. Yeah, and even that is actually not true. Uh, people were talking about it, I saw on Reddit, and going into detail about the agreement that we have. And yeah, there is no firm there's no firm defense pact we have with ukraine yep it's just non-existent we do have an agreement i don't know enough about this to speak authoritatively about it but for the agreement that we do have we have actually been fulfilling that okay well per tucker carlson's own backtracking he missed that Kamala was over there to perform real diplomacy in an attempt to prevent war, and he claimed that it was too low-grade to be relevant, and that's why him and his team missed it. And I'll link to him backtracking. There's an MSN article that covers it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this is a... Uh... This is just an example of someone who was just lying and misinforming. Almost certainly he was given some sort of talking points or instructed to take a pro-Russian stance because of how close Fox News is to Trump. Yeah. And Trump has to be extremely pro-Russia because that's at least some part of his backing. So this, it all makes sense that if you're going to be misinformed, you might do something silly like believe Russian diplomats. Don't do that. <sighs> Uh, for Sean Hannity being in on uh, the Jan 6 insurrection, check out episode 26, The Big Lie, one year later. I'll make sure that I put a link to it in the YouTube video. Um, you have anything else on that one? Nope. When I was snooping around looking for more just bullshit misinformation on the war, I found one that seemed to appeal greatly to conservatives, and it shows why. It was... The catchy title was Condemn War Everywhere. And they have a map. It's big, bright, and red, and it's a bullshit map. 
I'll see if I can have our art guy put one of these maps up in there. But it's just the world with red and all the places where there's fighting or where there's been bomb strikes or anything like that. They put it on the map and they're all the same color of red, ignoring that a lot of these places have either civil war or wars that have already been condemned that you know everyone's trying to prevent. Or it's like one country is doing counter-terrorism operations against another. These are all very different kinds of fighting. And the only war of aggression we have where one country is just trying to conquer another, uh, it's Russia trying to conquer Ukraine. And even that might not be true, but this is the new one. This is the one that, like, is on a lot of people's doorsteps. Poland has a much smaller vested interest in India fighting Pakistan and their border skirmishes over Kashmir than they do about their neighbor being hostily invaded by one of the largest militaries on the planet. It's a very different thing. Full-scale military action from Russia, China, or the United States should scare people more than full-scale military action from anybody else. Yeah, especially because... Well, not only because of capability, but also because, well, once they do this, what are they going to do next? Yeah, we tried that appeasement thing a few times with other leaders, and that didn't go well. We had a whole world war about it one time. Yeah. Well, there's also just Crimea. I mean, same Russia. They took Crimea, and now we're here. It's like, well, okay, clearly they're going to keep on going. Other countries have talked about, well, okay, we're next if you don't stop this here and now. And enough people agree that, yeah, we're trying to stop this here and now. Yeah, how do we know that this won't be Finland or Poland next time? Yeah. Uh, Moldova, I think, specifically was the loudest to say that they're going to be next. Goodness, I know people there. It's, uh, it's horrifying to think that, like, co-workers I've had could be under the gun. Yeah. Condemn war everywhere is to condemning Ukraine as all lives matter is to BLM. People don't think all lives matter is overtly racist, but it kind of fucking is. If a group thinks their lives don't matter and they're protesting just to have you acknowledge that their lives matter, and then you're like, but all lives matter. Well, did you, did you even listen to what the messaging was here? Why do they think their lives don't matter? Yeah, there are years of racially motivated police violence, and then Russia has been trying to stand up a puppet state in Ukraine and trying to incur on their sovereignty. There's uh, some really big problems, and then just immediately trying to change the narrative from help, I have problems, to well, everyone has problems, is some bullshit. If someone doesn't have the background knowledge to this, I kind of understand them responding that way. But especially now, there's enough of the the background knowledge that has been put out there that it's yeah it's difficult to claim otherwise not impossible but difficult yeah um to push this one step further for this all wars matter thing it came from a russian state news outlet and was picked up by a bunch of right-wing conservatives in the u.s and spread that way so it's the same people who ate up the all lives matter are eating up the condemn wars everywhere bullshit. Yeah. It's easier to share a tweet than it is to actually give a shit about a problem and try to do something to help. Yeah. And I'm not saying that anything you're saying is wrong with, with that, but... The phrase all lives matter completely stripped of any kind of connotation, subtext, political attribution, completely stripped of all of that. Yeah, you're, you're right. Stripped of all yeah. those things, it's good. And there's even context where it would be good, right? If we're staring down Thanos, who's going to kill half of people, and we say all <laughs> lives matter, that's very different than you're talking to someone holding up a sign saying, don't let others die like Brianna Taylor. And you're like, but all lives matter. Well, we're here at a protest where no one's dying, and we're talking about a woman killed in her own room with no valid search warrant. It's, it's really different. Yeah. And this is the context here. The, con the, the, the context super matters, and it's only in that context that Americans have been pulling this out. The wrong context. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
to go further in the right-wing conspiracy theorist nonsense, I've got a link to I've got a link to some fools on Twitter. And it's those Q supporters who said better Russian than Democrat, and they're still saying stupid stuff. Of course they are. They think Zelensky and Putin are collaborating. Sure. To expunge the deep state from Ukraine. Always the deep state with them. Clearly these people started off as Trump supporters and kept some of his talking points seemingly at random because that's what you keep when you're not basing anything on evidence. And they kind of ran with it and they're like, nope, here's what I got to say. Here's what I got to say to make it so I'm not a hypocrite. Here's the mental gymnastics I need to perform so that I'm not wrong. And you wind up with this. People in the middle of Texas who don't know anything about foreign relations who think they're experts. Like how many times during this show did we say we don't know? or A lot. Or limit what we could say, right? Probably more than a lot of other episodes recently. Yeah, we don't know a lot, but we understand the bounds of information, right? We don't know how many hundreds or thousands of soldiers died, but we can provide mechanisms for saying, yeah, here's how you vet information that you get. These guys have no information and are claiming to know everything. Yeah. Some bullshit. Our sources for that, we've got Newsweek, Vox Ukraine. Uh, I'll put two links to Wikipedia in there. One for Zelensky, one for Ukraine. MSN, uh, Disevidentia episode 26. Medium.com has a lengthy article dismantling the condemn war everywhere. Yeah, dismantling the meme and a Twitter link to those and a Twitter link to those perpetually intellectually underachieving Q supporters. On to something light? Yeah, on to something light. Okay. On to something light. So I, I didn't even know that there was a new Batman movie coming out, but I guess The Batman has come out. I only recently heard about it. When I say recently, I mean like yesterday in relation to sanctions. They're like, yeah, The Batman's not going to be shown in Russia. It's like, this is a thing? Okay. Uh, does that count as a micro-sanction? I guess, yeah. Uh, for reference, that's the... That's the secret code for this episode. Go up to our Gleam raffle. There'll be a, a link in the show notes. There'll be a link on our website. If you go to disevidentia.com and click the about button, the raffle will be right there. You can enter it right there or, yeah. But enter micro-sanction. M-I-C-R-O-S-A-N-C-T-I-O-N. All one word, all uppercase. Yep. I suppose that if they don't get the Batman, they don't get the bat that worked its way into an Austin theater either, do they? Well, I would imagine most people by default don't get that bat, but yes. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. I'm trying to imagine the chaos that would break out as there's a bat squeaking and making noise. And then some people are like, stop it, the bat. And they're like, shut up. Don't comment on the movie. And they're like, no, there's a real fucking bat and rabies. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yes, I know. We all bought tickets. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the Batman has rabies? What? Ugh. The general manager at the theater has said they're adding additional security and checking all bags upon entry. <laughs> they think it was brought in. That's that's the going theory. They they don't know. Oh god. Okay. So if Maybe. some if somebody in Austin is lucky enough to win one of our flash drives and there's there's the selected winner for getting a 3D item printed, request a bat. It'll be great. Wow. Okay. What I've, other things could be 3D printed that would be amazing for our listeners? I, I, a fidget spinner? I don't fucking know. I could do that. I have <laughs> spare bearings. I don't know. Uh, there were no reports of anyone being bitten at the theater, and apparently less than 1% of wild bats in Austin have rabies. So I guess that's good. Uh, yeah, that's definitely good. It's better than it being the opposite of that and 99% of them having rabies. That explain why I would want to see a DC superhero movie. What the? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, DC live action movies are not good. 
I don't know, man. The, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy didn't suck. You're, okay, you're right. I will amend that too. That's not part of the expanded universe, though, is it? DCU. Yeah. They had Wonder Woman, then they ruined it with 1984. Wonder Woman was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. It was definitely above the rest. And I want to say there's like one other movie, but I can't really remember it. That's so, telling. Maybe. There was one other movie and you can't remember it. One other movie that was like kind of goodish, But yeah, none of them are stellar and a lot of them are garbage. That, that's rough. Anyway, people didn't come for our movie reviews. No. We should call it here. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks to... Ke- Sorry. <laughs> Perfectly timed head bump into the microphone. Thanks to Keldar for video and graphics work. And thanks to AlphaWolf294 for transcription. Thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. Our supporters at the evidence investigator level or higher include Jared, Ducktape, Keldar, Stephen Larrabee, and Kaiju Helena. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend. If you aren't sure where to do that, read the show notes, transcripts, and listen online at disevidentia.com. Support us financially at patreon.com slash disevidentia. Chat with us at our subreddit, r slash disevidentia. Tweet at us at disevidentia. Chat on our Discord server or watch our videos online. And email us at contact at disevidentia.com. Copyright 2022, Blacktop Studios, Inc. Intro music was slow by Pidex, used with permission.